Good morning and welcome to the Mr. Elvin Podcast. It's Friday, August 10th, the morning after the Redskins preseason opening loss to the New England Patriots. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram, and joining me just like he used to, it's Matt Searle. Hey, Matt. Hey, Jamie. How you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm out of shape. I'm in poor form, uh, much like the, uh, the players we're going to talk about. Yeah, and much like we always have been whenever we do these things. So uh, I, think, I think we're ready to go. Um, the new technology seems to be working so far, but um, if anybody actually does listen to this and uh, if things sound weird, let us know. We're still trying to get this all sorted out. I like this kind of time capsule dispatch where it's like we're putting some effort in, but we don't know if anything will come out. Uh, totally. I mean, it's it's uh, we, we've used this technology once before and recorded, as I recall, an entire podcast about something or another and then just never released it to anyone anywhere. So the Redskins, huh? Um, the last time we talked, I think it was the last time we talked about the Redskins. Was it the night of the Alex Smith trade? I believe it was, which I really feel like was our pinnacle. That is as good as we ever got, man. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I feel, I think you've, you've mentioned along the way that like you've, you've kind of 180 on, on the trade since then. Cause that night we were, we were borderline apocalyptic. Is that how you pronounce it? Apoplectic. Apoplectic. Yeah. I was upset. Both both those words are words and both are accurate in this case. Yeah, I mean, we were annoyed. I've I've come around from one perspective, which is that in the short term, I think it's actually an improvement over Cousins. Uh, I think most of what we were upset about at the time was we had sort of hoped to reach a point where the team would like be fresh and young and new and interesting and fun to watch moving forward. And I mean, this still isn't going to be that, but I'm, I'm much more optimistic for the actual uh, Alex Smith era to start. I, I mean, I think I was pissed then. It was it was raw, but I'm still pissed now in a way that's not very raw. I, w- I was just pissed that, like, they couldn't re-sign the quarterback that they drafted and, you know, to a long-term deal. And they basically replaced him with a, a pretty much, you know, even deal. You know, like the Kirk Cousins to Alex Smith transition. Yeah, like, like maybe Alex Smith's better if you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Maybe Cousins is better if you're in Minnesota. Whatever. It's, like, pretty even, Steven but they had to give up a third rounder and get older to do it. So I'm still like mildly upset about this. I see. I'm, I don't, I don't want to use the uh, like tired old uh, Bill Simmons esque um, Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend metaphor, but Mm -hmm. like, uh, have you ever moved out of a house that you thought was a perfectly fine house? And then you got, to a new house that really wasn't much better. We're talking about like college age here where, you know, you go from like one house and you go to the next house and it's like not that much better, but you look around you're like, my God, that old house had no doors. It it, like the plumbing barely worked. (laughs) Like that's where I'm at with Kirk Cousins. I just, now that he's gone, I'm like, holy God, that man, like, I'm so glad he's out of town. It is refreshing. I feel like the, the Alex Smith bandwagon is getting crowded. Like I saw a, I don't know how legitimate this was, but I saw a Michael Jenkins argument on, twitter and i love michael jenkins he was uh his new nbc sports washington show is him and another guy and the other guy apparently made some sort of statement that alex smith could be a hall of famer (laughs) okay (laughs) and i was like okay whether that's a legitimate statement or not we've reached like peak alex smith hype train 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Alex Smith could be a Hall of Famer in the sense that, like, he's got more of a shot than you do or I do, as he is, in fact, a professional football player. So, he, sure, why not? Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Anything's yeah. possible. Totally. I mean, players play the quarterbacks going to the 40s now. He's got a good 10 years. He, if he has a run here like Gibbs had in the 80s, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we're dancing around it, but people come here for a hard-hitting football analysis. So, what did you think of the game last night? Uh, well, I hope that, uh, that exciting young man, uh, Darius Geis, is that how you pronounce the name, by the way? Geis? I, I, I believe it's actually pronounced Samaje, uh, to pr- be, be accurate about it. Samaje Pirine Geis. Yeah. Uh, I guess he, he hurt his knee is getting an MRI today. He says he's good, but I think that's probably the biggest barometer for whether the game was good or bad is like, is he healthy or not? Agreed. Um, he, he looked good, though. Did you I, I know, you know, I was I was giving you a, a a hard time, but did you see the highlights? Have you watched like the gifts and whatnot? I, you know, I saw he had one run. I think it was the one he might have got hurt on and got called back for holding. And it was exciting. There was a spin move. There was a stiff arm. I saw lots of very breathless tweets. Yes, and the, the breathless tweets were, were my favorite part. But it did have that feeling of, you know, oh, yeah, that's what having like a top tier running back looks like. Like we've had good guys. Uh, especially, you know, Alfred Morris was, was very good, but there was no point where, you know, they would hand off the ball to Alfred Morris and you're like, man, anything could happen on this play. Uh, and, and, you know, in a very, very, very small sample size, guys at least looks like he might legitimately be uh, something interesting. So that's exciting. Well, that's my question. So I'm so tired of P. Ryan, Fat Rob Kelly, uh, like kind of just like, guy off the like just a guy level running back like the Redskins running game other than Chris Thompson's electrifying first half performance last year but he's more of like a third down like kind of you know jack of all trades running back like we we haven't had somebody to be excited about who's like the, the primary ball carrier in a long time Fromo had a great rookie season but how much of that was like their system and RG3 you know like what you were saying it's not like anything could happen when you put the ball in Morris's hands does guys I, I mean, I literally only saw one run. It was like the highlight run. But carry to carry, does he look like a different type of player than what we're used to? I mean, I thought so. Keep in mind, you saw one. He only had, I think, like five or six total. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I probably only saw four of them. Because we're, I mean, we're very on brand here. We did not exactly eat the tape on this game or even actually fully, mm-hmm. fully yeah. pay attention to the game. But in, in what I saw, there was enough... I mean, did he immediately look like, I don't know, Alvin Kamara? No, but but there was, at a minimum, it had like a Clint, Clinton Portis vibe to it, you know? So I, I would, I've missed that. That would be nice. Well, well, I looked at the stats feeling great about Colt McCoy. <laughs> Colt McCoy's numbers were excellent. Uh, he has like 14 for 18, two touchdowns. And it, whatever, I mean, it's preseason game number one, and he's like an 18-year veteran. Uh, he should have this down by now. But I just, it just gives me like this. He's such a security blanket. I feel so good about Colt McCoy as the back. Well, the reason I feel good about Colt McCoy and actually the reason I'm terrified of Kevin Hogan is because like what Colt McCoy says to me is like, yeah, Jay Gruden system, you know, even without, you know, two years gone from uh, Sean McVay and everything like it's a quarterback friendly system, A, a decent to good quarterback in this system will put up the numbers, can perform, can get you in a position to like, you know, lose a game close. And, and, and that's good. Now what that means is that Kevin Hogan is not an adequate to good quarterback, which is unfortunate for everybody involved, but Oh, well. 
Well, okay, so McCoy, I just feel good about, like, if, if Alex Smith got hurt or if before him Kirk Cousins got hurt, I feel like the season would not be over just because of that one. Sure. Carry, you know, and that, that means a lot. That's worth, like, 3 or $4 million a year. Well, I mean, it's, especially somebody else's 3 or $4 million a year. I'm totally down with that. Uh, what is Kevin Hogan's deal? <laughs> like, is he, is he a guy who's, like, a prospect, or is he just, like, roster filler, third quarterback? I don't know. Like, he went to Stanford, right? Is I thought he was a Virginia no guy idea. or a Virginia Tech guy. We are so huh, on huh. brand today, Googling, man. Googling, Googling this is, Kevin Hogan. This is what you come here for. He's from McLean, Virginia, but he did go to Stanford, so we are both correct. Oh, a Highlander. Highlander. Oh, he did go to Stanford. I see. I thought yeah, I you did. You nailed it. So, so we're both correct. Um, you know, he's – Gonzaga, yeah, Gonzaga. College I think he's just a. Uh, uh, my impression is that he's just a guy. Is that he? Okay. He was, you know, he started some games out of necessity for uh, for Cleveland, and like did not <laughs> that's like the lowest rung. That's the lowest rung of like experienced NFL quarterbacks. Started some games out of necessity for Cleveland. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's correct. That's about where he's at, and um, <laughs> uh, including actually, apparently, some. Last year, I don't know if he started any last year, but he played last year. Uh, so how about that? He's yeah, he, he threw for 500 yards last year for your Cleveland Brad. The un, the unbeaten, well, not unbeaten. What's the opposite of the Yeah. So he contributed to a historic season from that perspective. All right, can we just get into the straight shit? Which is like, who is who is the early front runner for 2018 preseason? It's such a good favorite? question. I was thinking the same thing because that's the only way to watch these games. Mm-hmm. I mean. So last night, the the biggest play was that Cam Sims catch. I don't know if you saw it. I mean, he he. Okay, I did. I saw a catch. It kind of a catch and run for like fifty. Yeah, but yards. it wasn't exactly the stuff that preseason Hall of Fame is made of. It was like kind of a like uh, a slow. Um, you know, he made a he made a spin move kind of thing to shake the guy and then plot it on a little farther. Mm-hmm. So despite the numbers, mm-hmm. I don't think he can do it. Plus, he was weird because he's out there wearing eighty nine, but he does not look anything like Santana Moss. Like he's just built totally mm-hmm. different. So it just looked wrong and made me sad. Uh, so he doesn't qualify. Um, and then uh, Maurice Harris would be a choice, especially coming out of a buzzy, buzzy um, training camp where he's been well talked about. Mm-hmm. But I think he might actually make the team and, in fact, might be the fourth receiver. And so he doesn't qualify. Right. He's got a little experience, like, the last couple of years. I mean, he might have, like, five catches, right? Like, actually, Yeah, he had a big catch last year. I mean, I don't remember which one because mm-hmm. who could possibly care? But he, he definitely had yeah. at least one big catch <laughs> last year. He had uh... – he had a touchdown last year. Four catches for sixty. Yeah, one of them was um, significant. Maurice Harris. Yeah, I see a lot, a lot of very like heavy breathing tweets about Maurice Harris. Coming yes, out of there are. The but the problem is the the wide receiver depth chart is three guys who did not play at all last night because they're locks, and then a whole bunch of guys who are almost entirely equal. Who who is the three guys? It's it's Doxon, Crowder, and Yes, Richardson. and I'm assuming Doxon didn't play because he's a lock. Okay. I suppose he might not have played because he, you know, might have injured himself walking down steps or something. But um Don't don't let him or Jordan Reed or Turner Williams touch the field or season. Like I I would I, I mean, is there any even a conversation about them touching the field? Because I feel like that's just Yeah, I mean I don't know that I would even let them out of a well padded hotel room with, you know, uh fully child proofed electrical outlets. I like <laughs> Let's throw Jonathan Allen in the conversation. Yeah, sure. Well. Him too. And, and actually, apparently, Deron Payne, who immediately jumped on the uh, potential yes. and then gets injured bandwagon. Um, yes. So, so the Maurice Harris is one. Byron Marshall is another, where it's the same kind of thing, where like he'd be a, a lock for the preseason Hall of Fame, but I think he's also actually going to make the team. 
And he scored a touchdown last night, right? Like, I think he had a touchdown. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it really seems to me like the, the running back depth chart is going to be is going to be Geis and um, Geis and uh, Rob Kelly as sort of the big guys. And then is that one of your stories? Yeah, that, that's that's my inability to shut down the um, sound on my computer calling. <laughs> like, like I said, we are really running a tight ship here. Uh, so the running the running back. Yeah, that part is uh, Geis. Right. And and, no, so I'm saying Geis and uh, uh, Rob Kelly are your sort of normal the first second down backs and then Chris Thompson and Byron Marshall right. are your faster patch catchy pass catchy type backs. That's the way. Wait a minute. You've already cut. Uh, yeah. Pirine? I've totally cut Pirine. Oh, but you know, <laughs> you had like, you had like negative three. Yards <laughs> <to three times. laughs> so he's, he's guaranteed to win most improved this year. If he makes the team, he is actually a candidate for preseason hall of fame actually. Um, because the narrative there becomes what we just said. Uh, he looked rough last year. He looks better this year. He's uh-huh. lost weight. He looks like a different uh-huh. guy. Uh, and then he gets cut because he has a redundant skill set with three other guys. You're yeah. talking about Pira. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I, I also saw that uh, Fat Rob is now Fit Rob. I think I think the Burgundy blog has is dubbed. Him yeah, I, I think they have, and I, everybody seems to be talking about it. He definitely looks a little more slender, partially because he got a haircut. But um, uh-huh. yeah, no. That works for me. That works yeah. for me, by the way. That's it's the only thing I've got. I shave and try to make my face look less fat. <laughs> I, just, I just have a completely shaved head at this point. <laughs> it's, it's the best way to do it. I mean, the other alternative is to stop drinking. Lord knows that's not going to happen. Um, I so I think Byron Marshall would be a preseason Hall of Fame candidate, but yet, like you said, would I think he's going to make the team? I'd like to back up to Cam Sims for a minute because I feel like Cam Sims' preseason Hall of Fame candidacy is stronger than your. Okay, talk to me. Okay, first of all. He is a wide receiver, which bang. Like if you're if you're like a forty percent chance of being a preseason Hall of Famer if you're a wide receiver and who's getting, you know, targets, but is not gonna make the team. That that alone makes you a candidate. Second, he's like a big wide receiver, as you mentioned, so he stands out. You know, he kind of like he looks different. Also, I think this is the key. His nickname is Silky. Oh, see, that that you make a strong case there. Yeah, so his Twitter handle is Silky Sims. And I, I'm almost ready to put him in right now. I, I, I need to see more. I'm not ready to crown a guy after just, just two catches. I just can't do it. Uh, it's, you know. The other one who I think got hurt in this game, but I was anticipating him having a strong candidacy was uh, Mr. Oh, Irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Quinn. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got a Mr. Irrelevant wide receiver who's like handsy, you know, like somebody you can kind of talk yourself into as, as, a, as a contributor. That's that's strong. Yeah, I, I would I would buy that. I um, the problem with him is that he was playing in the first quarter. It looks like he may well um, also uh, make the team. So I'm not I'm not quite sure, or at least they're thinking about it. What about on defense? I mean, have you been listening to our buddy JP and uh, Rich Taylor and those guys at all? Uh, okay, no. Only, only, only in person. No, no, no. It's never worth listening to people in person. I only listen to people via podcast now. Uh, they've been really uh, talking up this guy, Kenny Ladler. He's a safety. Uh, they've liked him a lot. And there's that other Danny Johnson, the corner cornerback, who was an undrafted guy um, who has been, as they say, flashing in training camp. Um, if either of those guys mm-hmm. doesn't make the team, they have a chance to be the rare defensive preseason Hall of Famer. Well, uh, first of all, if you're listening to us, you should definitely listen to JP and Rich's uh, Redskins podcast from NBC Sports Washington. And also, you should probably listen to the Burgundy Blog podcast. Uh, but back to our, our program. Um, 
while you were talking about defensive players and I, I fell asleep, uh, I, I Googled Trey Quinn just to confirm uh, my suspicion that, yes, he is a white wide is. receiver. And this, this suddenly improves his chances for the preseason. Have we previously had a white wide receiver in the preseason Hall of Fame? I can't think of. Have the Redskins the Redskins have, have Oh absolutely. Had I mean they've had um who? Who actually there is one getting? and he was in the preseason hall game. It was a dude who wore sixteen. Um maybe Justin Skaggs, is that a possibility? That sounds I'm familiar. Googling it now to see. Uh, uh oh gosh, he passed away. That's so sad. Um oh, way to put a damper on our crack like Yes, but he did play for the Redskins uh late in two thousand one. Um, and was released in 2002. I, I think that he was, and he was a white wide receiver. So I have a strong feeling he was a guy. Um, but boy, that was a downer. That took a turn. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's bring it back up. What can we, what can we go to now? Uh, how about, uh, it's pronounced Matt. Yeah, Matt yeah, yeah. Did you see him flossing? Right? I think it was a floss. I saw, actually, I saw the floss and uh, I showed my kids. That was our, that was our one like viral moment of the game. <laughs> Um, apparently it was like, he won a bet with Jonathan yeah. Allen. Yeah. Yeah. A few hundred bucks. Uh, by the way, Matt, Inus, also an injury. Yes. Everybody night. interesting got injured last night. What did your kids think of the floss? Cause I trust their opinion much more than I trust either of ours. Uh, they didn't really criticize it or critique it so much as they just both immediately started yeah. doing it. Kids really like doing that one, man. Uh, <laughs> they love now, now my, my kids' uh, nerdy, or my daughter's nerdy take on this was she was thrilled to find out that there was a player whose last name was Hamilton uh, as she uh, got to see the show and is a total nerd about it now, so in the best possible way. So if he makes the team, she wants a Hamilton jersey. Uh, what else happened? Oh, uh, I got, there was a lot of notes about Tim settle, the rookie defensive tackle, fifth rounder, Virginia tech. There was a lot of like Tim settle showed out talk. He did. He looked, I, I, he showed out enough that even I saw him make plays. And as I keep saying, I was, mm-hmm. I was not exactly yeah. dialed in. Um, well, I, but you only see that in the all 22. Uh, well, he, I haven't gotten the all 22 yet. It's a little early for that, uh-huh. but uh, I, I did yeah. rewind repeatedly to make sure that I could see him, uh, see his move off the line. It was really a strong first move there. Great stuff. Mm. Um, the other viral moment that I saw was at the end of the first half, uh, whatever the Patriots broadcast was interviewed Belichick. And we're like, you know, how, how do you think that, that went? And he was like, it was terrible. We need to improve in all phases. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, the guy was like, well, you know, that last that that uh, last drive, you had 38 seconds left and, and you got a field goal out of three points. You got to feel good about that going into the half. He's like, yeah, I feel good about those 38. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was great. It was great. Bill Belichick, almost like Greg Popovich level sideline interview. Um, but just playing the Patriots is depressing in the regular season more so than than preseason especially that one time when they beat us 52 to 7 but i I looked this up they've won 10 or more games usually more but 10 or more 15 straight seasons the redskins haven't won 10 games in over 15 years so at some point the pendulum has got to swing back man actually i think i'm wrong i think i'm i think i'm wrong i think i'm i think they did win 10 with the rg3 year I think that was a 10 win. I feel like that year has really been yeah. overly forgotten. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? 
I feel like it's pretty well done. No, I feel like I feel like we've forgotten how good RG three was, and how much fun it was, and how much we all liked him, and how much he had not yet destroyed himself, and how promising everything seemed. We were young, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just to check my stats, there we did win ten in twenty twelve. We won ten in two thousand five, and we won ten in ninety nine. We have not won more than ten since nineteen ninety one. The Patriots have done it basically every year this century. Well, like I said, Pendulum's got to swing back at some point. <laughs> uh, okay. That's what you come here uh, for is optimism. I, I one more question. Do you think anyone honestly watched that whole game? Like anyone who's not being paid to like have a press pass or whatever? You think anyone oh, watched that whole game? I, I I think that yes. I think that most of the any pretty much anybody who would actually listen to this podcast probably watched the whole game. Uh, everybody who listens to Burgundy blog probably watched the whole game. All those people. I think, I think people really get into this. I, what's your level of excitement for the season as a whole? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I just last year was pretty rough. You know, like they won seven games, but it felt like four. And then, like, I don't know. They, I mean, I feel like the offseason was actually pretty good. Like, I felt good about the draft. Yeah. I, felt, I feel good, you know, that there were, like, a quarterback. You know, I, like, it's whatever. I feel like we have a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. I, I just feel like the, the, the range of outcomes for this team, like, top out in that, like, 9 to 10 win range. And that's not exciting. I'm, I'm in a weird place, especially for me, because while I'm not uh, much more optimistic about the team than you are, I'm just genuinely excited to have football back. Like uh, ba- baseball didn't grab me this year. Uh, hockey was great, but you know, even it, I was, it took me a while to accept what was actually happening there. Um, I really like, I feel like there's a void for a sport in my life and I'm excited to have football back around, you know? You're very uh, pessimistic about the rest of the, the season for the Nats. Are they still playing? Really? I wasn't even, was not even sure. I, I've made it to one game. Um, I was delighted to find the Aslan beer tent outside, um, which was just an amazing addition to the stadium. And uh, this is quite this is quite a development since we stopped podcasting. That Aslan, aka well, yeah, Aslan, whatever, now has a beer garden outside of Nats Park. Like that is. That's like the best beer and previously like kind of hard to get beer in DC. And now they just got their own spot. Yeah. Right and now. it's great. And they just, uh, the, as near as I can tell, they just sell cans of whatever they've got around at that time. So it's not like, uh, those, I don't know if you ever gone to one of those beer gardens where they've got kegs and the kegs are getting warm and everything's just a disaster. No, the time I went, they had like five. Yeah, different it was great. Camps. I really, I was really impressed. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, the night I saw was uh, Scherzer pitched and pitched well, and the Nats won, and I still like whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> All right, so the Redskins' next game is next Thursday. They've got the Jets. Uh, I'm not going to watch. I don't even think I can watch without either illegally streaming or buying some sort of, like, Sunday ticket preseason package that I'm not going to buy. Um, so it's on you. You're going to have okay. to watch some of it. And then we'll talk about it. I, I will do that. And if you out there are hearing this, i.e. you are not Jamie, but you are hearing this, it means I figured out how to publish and we will be doing it again next week. And if you're not hearing this, then uh, maybe we won't be back next week. Who knows? God bless. Pray for Geist's knee. Bye, Jamie. <laughs> See you.